Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. And welcome into the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast. Today, I plan to post a podcast that I did with Indiana Sports Corp President Ryan Vaughn. We recorded it earlier this week, a day after the Pacers had several representatives in downtown Manhattan, including Larry Bird, rolling up to the NBA offices in an Indy car. And they presented their 2021 bid for Indy to host the NBA All-Star Weekend. On Monday, the bids were due for the 2020 and 2021 All-Star Games, so Indy did present that. What we didn't know was that it might be the last time Larry Bird did something here for this organization. Off the court, that might be his last move. On the court, it turns out it looks like it's going to be signing Lance Stevenson to an excellent deal. That's because breaking news happened Friday afternoon. Shortly after noon, Adrian Wojnarowski over at the Vertical broke the news that Bird has decided to step down as the Pacers president of basketball operations. I later confirmed that and also am able to report that Kevin Pritchard, the general manager for the team, will assume those duties. Peter Denwitty, the vice president of basketball operations, remains on the staff, as does consultant Donnie Walls. Yeah, big time news happened. Sending shockwaves across the NBA and certainly right here in Indianapolis. And nonetheless, this is a big shakeup when it comes to the Pacers front office, especially going into such a big offseason for the team. More on that in just a little bit. One of the first questions I got with Bird stepping down here was, was this shocking? Was this incredibly surprising? And no, my answer is it really was not. That's because all along Larry Bird had professed each summer that he was truly year to year with his role as the team president of basketball operation. Year to year with a handshake agreement with team owner Herb Simon. And of course, Herb Simon, the longest tenured owner in the league. They got along very well. They had a strong relationship by both accounts. And the relationship continued and lasted more than a decade. But there had been so many things happening over the last few years, especially over the last three. That was coming off of the team's back-to-back appearances in the Eastern Conference Finals. Of course, you had the 2012-2013 season. That was the one where they took them to seven games in Miami Heat, of course, led by LeBron James. And then they got back there the following year, 2013-2014, but weren't quite as competitive. They won seven more regular season games, 56 in total throughout the regular season. That was their best year since 2003-2004 when the team won 61 regular season games. Ultimately, that season ended in an Eastern Conference final loss, and it was headed up by head coach then, Rick Carlisle. So we've had that. Then that following year, after the team got to back-to-back conference finals, Paul George's injury happened. That traumatic injury, a compound leg fracture that would keep him out all but six games throughout the regular season of the 2014-15 year. Still, Under head coach Frank Vogel, then they won 38 games 
and it went down to the final regular season game of the season. They played at Memphis, and because they lost, they did not qualify for the playoffs. It would have been their fifth straight appearance. But since then, they have at least qualified for the playoffs, though they've bowed out in the first round. Seven games, of course, last year to the Toronto Raptors, and then this year, it was a sweep, but it was to LeBron's Cavaliers. So you can feel a little better about that. Now, moving forward, this summer is all about Paul George and what he's going to do, what he wants to do, and from there, the Pacers can proceed. As you've probably read several times throughout the league and on my site, VigilantSports.com, a lot hinges on Paul George being voted on one of three All-NBA teams. To him, it could be worth more than $70 million. That's because if he's voted on, he qualifies for the designated player extension, which would allow the Pacers to sign him to a five-year deal, averaging out at more than $42 million per season, well over 200, pushing $210 million over the lifetime of that five-year contract extension. If he doesn't, then the money drops down, and he can still sign an extension this summer, but it's more in the $35 million per range with the Pacers. But because they have his bird rights, it can be for five years. If he chooses to go elsewhere, and he is under contract, this is important, he is under contract with the Pacers for next season. Technically two more years, but the final year is a player option that he almost certainly will not exercise. So he'll earn about $20 million under contract for this next season. No matter what, he could sign a contract extension this summer wherever he is. But there's so much dependent on what he does and what the Pacers ultimately decide then they want to do. If Paul wants to stay, you absolutely sign him to a contract extension. Because the Pacers, especially in Indiana, do not get top 15, sometimes borderline top 10 players come around very often. This was a big-time draft pick. Pushed by the scouts, and Larry Bird loved it in drafting Paul George in 2010. And, of course, that changed the team's future from there on out. One pick after Gordon Hayward. And then they also did very well in the second round, drafting Lance Stevenson, who, of course, is now backed with the team, thanks to Larry Bird. But if Paul doesn't want to stay here, if he wants to go elsewhere, if he's tired of Indiana, uh, if he wants a big market, if he wants to go back home to L.A., if he wants to capitalize on his brand, because that's obviously important to him. He has a Nike signature shoe that debuted finally this year. It was delayed because of his injury. He's on the cover of NBA 2K. He was on the face of Jeep's campaign during the Olympics. He's one of the cover guys for Gatorade. It is obvious that Paul George is very interested in his brand and maximizing his income. Therefore, he might not be too consumed and too concerned With the money and what the Pacers, for instance, could guarantee him. Maybe he's willing to take the risk, sign elsewhere. We will see. We don't know any of that for certain. But if he does want out, if he doesn't want to continue here in Indianapolis, then the Pacers have another decision to make. Do you trade him? And from there, they have even another decision to make. Do you rebuild? Do you say, hey, let's scratch it up. Let's not try to keep retooling, plugging holes, you know, throwing duct tape on the wall here to try to cover our deficiencies up. Let's try to turn the page. Maybe they'll decide ultimately, and this is something I think they seriously need to consider, is planning for AL, what I'm calling after LeBron. Because ultimately, no matter who's been the coach, no matter who's been on this team, the Pacers have run in to LeBron James, the best player in the world without question going on right now. And it's quite ironic because what got in the way of the Pacers' best years a couple decades ago 
well, that was Michael Jordan. That was <laughs> that was the guy keeping the Pacers from NBA Finals. Um, you know, there in the late '90s. We will hear from Bird coming up on Monday as he takes the podium and what we initially thought was his annual end of the season press conference. You know, look back on the season that was. Look forward to um, the decisions he'll have to make. Someone will ask how much they're locked into the draft pick or is he willing to trade it? Free agency, who will stay, who will go, whose contract can they move? All those questions. That's usually what comes up during these end-of-season press conferences. In fact, Nate McMillan held his 24 hours uh, before this news broke regarding Larry Bird. And from that, I asked Nate about their natures of their conversations, talking about Nate and Larry, and said it was a good discussion. We talked about several things and left it at that. You got to help but wonder, though, at that point, did Larry inform Nate of what he was doing? Had he informed anyone? How long had he been sitting on this decision? Was it something that he finally decided this week? Likely not. He's very much a planner, a thought-out guy. And so this was probably, I don't know, a couple weeks, a month, two, in the works. We haven't heard from Larry Bird much this season, in fact. He did a couple one-on-one interviews during the All-Star break. But otherwise, he had not talked to a group of reporters until last September. You have to go all the way back to September 21st when Larry was there talking to myself and three others, three other writers too, no TV cameras, at the Pacers Foundation golf outing in late September. That was, of course, at the Brickyard Crossings golf course. That's where he spent about 10, 15 minutes previewing the season. Ever since that, like going into camp or maybe before the first regular season game as he had in years past, he did not talk with media group of reporters at all. I think he's maybe done three interviews since that September 21 group interview. So that's certainly notable. And what Larry Bird has done with this franchise, he's had a long connection with this team going all the way back to 1997 when he took over as the head coach, despite not having any head coaching experience. But what he did have was the know-how to hire the right guys. So he hired an offensive-minded coach, a defensive coordinator, essentially. And then he was the one that motivated the guys and kind of executed the plan. But that worked smartly for him, and he ultimately helped the Pacers get to the 2000 Finals. They won 56 regular season games that year, but would lose to the Los Angeles Lakers, where Kobe was terrific, Shaq was dominant, and it's hard to beat a team with two all-time greats Right there. But one of the things Larry always said, and he specified there at the end of 2000, was that in his mind, coaches' voices get old after three years. So after three seasons as Pacers head coach there in 2000, he stepped aside on his own terms. He decided, all right, I did all I could. I took this team as far as I could. They need someone new. So he moved aside, and Isaiah Thomas then stepped in for three years. Then it was Rick Carlisle for four years. Then it was Jim O'Brien for nearly four years. And then Frank Vogel, now the winningest head coach in NBA franchise history. But then things changed last year. Remember, he talked about the team needing a fresh voice, a new voice. And so that's why he promoted Nate McMillan, the associate head coach at the time. They tried to give it a go this year. And ultimately, it was a bad season. They won three fewer games despite better health, no real health issues, 42 wins compared to 45 with last year's team. Both years, they bowed out in the first round. But so much 
talk over the last couple of years by Larry at least has been he wanted a new voice going into this past year he wanted the team to play faster he wanted them to score more points he wanted their pace to be a little bit better although it decreased over the last year so now you got to wonder does Larry maybe think his voice is up maybe it's time for the Pacers to be run in a different way to have a new voice up top making the final decision After being that voice as the head coach for the Pacers in 2000, he stepped aside but would return three years later as team president under Donnie Walsh. That was in 2003. And he worked under Donnie as the president until, well, Donnie Walsh left for the Knicks. That was in 2008. So then Larry was on his own after that apprenticeship, if you will, under Donnie Walsh. So this is a thing the Pacers are used to doing. Getting that next guy in line. Through history, this is what we've seen over the last several decades. Bird did go on a one-year sabbatical during the 2012-2013 season. So Donnie Walsh returned after having enough with his experience in New York. And how could you blame him with James Dolan, the owner there, with the Knicks and all of that. He did all he could, but then he had his hands tied behind his back. So he wanted no more of that. Came back here to Indiana, filled in as the team president while Larry was away took care of some health issues, and also rested himself up a little bit. Because can you imagine Larry going full on with basketball, going all the way back since high school at least, maybe even middle school. This was an opportunity for him to replate, get refreshed, and also work on his health a little bit because we've known, you know, obviously he's had those back injuries going back to his playing days with the Boston Celtics in the 90s. So now what happens? That's the big question. Obviously, Kevin Pritchard now, I can confirm, is taking over. He's been the team's general manager, and we'll get into him a little bit more. One thing that separates Larry Bird from so many of the general managers and those in charge of franchises is his vast array of experience. He's the only guy with this incredible pedigree. Three-time NBA champion, three-time MVP. He was the coach of the year in 1998 and the executive of the year in 2012. He's done all of those things, been successful at everything he's done, playing, coaching, and being the president of basketball operations. But maybe he felt like ultimately this is all he can do. Maybe he felt that he had maxed out what he was able to do with this franchise, and so he felt that the franchise needed a new voice at the top. That's where Kevin Pritchard steps in. A 49-year-old born in Bloomington, he actually wanted to go to Indiana. He wanted to play for Bob Knight, but he didn't get an offer. It was a childhood dream of his to play at IU to wear the candy stripes, but he did not get that opportunity. So then, from 1986 to 1990, he played at Kansas and was able to win a national championship as well. He was a point guard. He later played in the NBA from 1990 to 98 for teams such as Golden State, Boston, Philly, Miami, and finally the Washington Bullets. As far as his game, Pritchard has previously defined himself as more athletic than skilled, but he knew his role, and that's important. And that translates to whatever job you have, whatever level. If you're the general manager, you have to know your role. You aren't the final say, but you contribute in great ways to whatever the franchise is trying to do. Now moving forward as the voice in that front office, he's going to have the final say. So there, again, you have to know your role. And then the interesting thing about Kevin Pritchard was that he's willing to do whatever. He was willing to start at a low ranks to learn everything. That's one thing whenever he talks with young kids, whenever he replies to emails from those seeking out um, ways to get involved and later perhaps become front office people, he says, don't be afraid to start at the bottom, 
And one of those things is don't be afraid to start in the developmental league where you can do everything. You're worried about getting the uniforms washed just like you're worried about players' health and who you're going to sign next. Now, Pritchard was the coach of the Kansas City Knights of the ABA, and he was doing that all while being the general manager. Then he would later be a scout for the San Antonio Spurs. That's incredible experience under Greg Popovich, R.C. Buford over there. But then he was hired by the Portland Trailblazers to do several things. First, as the director of player personnel. Then he was later, yeah, a coach when Maurice Cheeks was fired. He served as the interim head coach, but then settled back in his role as a front office, playing a key role in the drafts so that they could really retool what they wanted to do. They wanted to change their image from being the jailblazers, which we all remember. So part of what he had a key role in was acquiring talent. Guys like LaMarcus Aldridge, Brandon Roy, Zach Randolph, Greg Oden, of course, in 2007, Nicholas Batum. But we would never see the potential of those teams play out because of injuries. Greg Oden obviously had so many knee surgeries. I'm not sure what he's at at this point. Three or four microfracture knee surgeries. And those, especially for a big man, are hard to overcome. Brandon Roy also had knee injuries. He retired early simply because of health. So then several years later for Pritchard, there was an unusual sequence of events that happened. He was fired, actually, an estimated an hour before the 2010 draft. Now, because it's so late into the game, you're already approaching the draft and what the team wants to do, that they did allow him to stay on board, and he executed uh, for the team that night, selecting a couple picks and executing the deals. But then a year later, in 2011, the Pacers hired Pritchard as the director of player personnel. And a year after that, he was promoted to general manager. You're sensing a theme here, right? The Pacers continuing on and try to promote from within. First, it was Donnie Walsh going to Larry Bird, now Kevin Pritchard. On the coaching side, you go back to Jim O'Brien. Then in late January of 2010, they had had enough. And so they promoted Frank Vogel from within. He succeeded, became the winningest coach in NBA franchise history. But last summer, it was Larry Bird that felt they needed to change. So they promoted his associate head coach, that being Nate McMillan. This is all interesting and fascinating stuff that broke late Friday afternoon. We were in the midst of covering and following the NFL draft. And looky there, the Pacers making some news. Now, it's important to point out the Pacers are not commenting on this. All they have said is that Larry Bird will continue as planned to address the media Monday at 11 a.m., I'll be there, of course, to cover that. So this is a big shakeup for the Pacers franchise, and we thought it was going to be a busy couple of months regarding Paul George, his future, rumors, national media stories that come out, most of which that are not true. It turns out, first of all, before we can even get to that point, there's a front office change for the Pacers franchise. You can't blame a guy. Maybe Larry Bird has had enough with this. Maybe he realizes there's no getting past LeBron James in the East. And Larry is not about tanking. Over the years, he's been asked about that. And maybe would it be worth it for this franchise, for this roster, to be down a couple years for the potential of being really, really successful a couple years later. But no, no. That's not how Herb Simon wants to operate. And that's certainly not how Larry Bird will operate. He wants to win. He wants a chance at winning a title or, like many people, he feels, why be in it in the first place? Now, Woj did report that Bird is expected to stay on in a consultant role, whatever capacity that might be. 
Maybe it's kind of uh, be a representative if they need someone to talk to potential free agents. Maybe it's to hang around and work with some guys like Lance Stevenson, a guy he believes in a ton. We don't know just yet, certainly because we don't know who will be on this roster. There are only six guys with guaranteed contracts for next season, so obviously so many decisions have to be made until then, starting with Paul George. Then it goes down to draft decisions. Then it goes to the end of the bench guys and who can play, who deserves a spot on this team, or do they need to clean that up a little bit and start anew? Those questions hopefully will begin being answered on Monday as Larry Bird holds a press conference over at Banker's Life Fieldhouse. What we do know is Larry Bird is stepping down as the Pacers president of basketball operations, a title he first signed up as in 2003. He did have a one-year sabbatical in 2012, but he's had a constant role with this franchise. And maybe a contributing factor in all of this is that Larry Bird's a loyal guy, and he didn't even want to have to consider the fact that he might have to trade Paul George because the Pacers cannot let happen what Oklahoma City did, and that's Kevin Durant leaving for nothing. But again, a lot more questions than we have answers to this point. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast to listen to new and archived episodes. Coming up on Monday, I'll post the full audio of Larry Bird at his press conference, and then few days later, my interview with Ryan Vaughn, the president of the Indiana Sports Corp, talking about Indy's all-star bid pitch to the NBA, what it entails, the process that they have to go to. But obviously right now, all the focus is on the front office, Larry Bird, and what's next with Kevin Pritchard. We'll talk about that and a lot more in upcoming episodes. But I appreciate you listening to this essentially what became an emergency podcast. 